Hey, welcome to Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. Hey! I'm Cliff Short Hey. Just us. Just us tonight. Oh, I didn't say my I, name. You didn't say yeah. your name. Oh. No, he did. He did. <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't know if I did or not. Yeah. Play back the tape. He did. Please do, because he did not say. <laughs> Start over. You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, <laughs> my name's Jordan Lowe. Hey, Cliff Barnes. Yeah, I'm Seth. These guys are... I'm not going to say it. What's up, guys? It's Halloween. Is everybody feeling Halloween-y? <laughs> Absolutely. You go all out and decorate. I know you do at Christmas. Do you do on Halloween as well, Cliff? Yeah, they put a bunch of signs up in their yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrifying to the neighbors. It is. It is. We're scared, ter- scared terrorizing the, the entire neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, we, uh... We put a couple Halloween decorations. It's mostly in inside the house. <laughs> as far as our decorating went this year, but yeah. Got a little pumpkin out there. A little pumpkin action. Got some got some uh yard signs happening for the election this year in the uh the midterm elections and that's about you do it. the real pumpkin and actually carve it and dig the guts out and cut and that, it with a knife and all that stuff. We usually do, but we did not do that this year simply because we are about to go on vacation. I did not want a bunch of rotting pumpkins sitting out on my uh, on my porch while we're gone in Florida. Good. Good. <laughs> I don't get worked up for Halloween. It's just it's never been one of my yeah, go two holidays there, I guess. Some people go all out for it, but I've never been that way. Well, let me tell you, back in the day when we used to have our Halloween party, I know somebody on this podcast that used to go all out and win the uh win the best costume uh contest all the time. The, what, the zookeeper, the haunted zookeeper. Yeah, whether <laughs> whether it was the uh the the keeper at the wilds or uh the uh the toy story green army man or have I think it was the only was two that times a, I went to those parties. Well I'm pretty sure you won the contest both years. <laughs> I like the, a, I like the zookeeper. Yeah. Zookeeper killer. It's you one should, of my faves. You should have that birdcage out on your front porch. Yeah. I take it back. Mm. <laughs> I bought it on a on a Saturday right before the party and took it back next day, got my money back. <laughs> Untied all the bloody uh bullet ridden animals. stuffed animals from it. The escaped animals I had to shoot put down. Wow. 
Ah, good times. Good. Real good kids holiday. So we hope you're enjoying the Halloween festivities wherever you are. Uh, Asylum will be doing our normal trick or treat thing. Same, you know, Saturday as Marietta will be giving out free comics all day mm. to any any trick or treaters out there who want to stop by 212 Third Street at Asylum. I'll be there. Get you a comic. Uh, we're also going to do a segment we haven't done in a while. This was a uh, always fan favorite. Everybody responded well to this one. A little thing called One Job. with this one since it's the halloween season i thought we'd do a a a a actor famous for horror films and i actually i looked up uh, i just googled you know top screen queens of all time i wanted to see a couple lists of famous female horror actors you know commonly referred to as screen queens i clicked on five lists and this actor was the number one on all five lists so Oh, it's pretty unanimous. The numero uno screen queen of all time, Miss Jamie Lee Curtis. We're going to pick her one job, the defining role of her career that we would uh, eliminate. Every, we pick one role to keep and mm. everything else gets eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. Just to remind everybody, because it's been a while since we've done this. So this if we pick one role it includes all of the the shows or all of the the movies that anything they, they ever did yeah that character in so to entertain us she is the daughter of janet lee who might be the original screen screen queen from psycho and tony curtis mm-hmm. she's married to christopher guest to the director since 1984 and her gut bacteria is amazing because she downs in Activia yogurts like nobody's <laughs> business. Discover a smoothie like no other. New Activia smoothies. Creamy, delicious, and above all, it contains bifidus regularis and is clinically proven to help regulate your digestive system. New Activia smoothies. Activia! <laughs> you already said my favorite thing. I was going to put her down for... <laughs> Activia. Yeah, and, and 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 these are, this is our pick as a collective. It's not necessarily oh, it's the most popular thing she's ever done, or this is what she's known for the most. It's it's our favorite right. thing she, they they've done. So, do you think we will have two people that say the same thing? Absolutely not. not. In, not I in do not think so. Like lead. there's like so. How are we going to figure this out? Since well, we know I, we're going. Yeah, you know, we're gonna have three different things. Hundred percent. I, I said earlier, I I looked at the list, and I, I'm there's nothing on here that I will live or die for. So I I am persuadable. 
I have I don't one. Think I could. I, don't, I just have one. Okay. I mean, I, there's. I've liked her in things. Yeah. But, but there's one that is my favorite. Yeah, there's one that stands out for for me too. So anyway, let's it's go down the be list. Some random Disney thing <laughs> that I never heard of. But she was <laughs> she was the older sister on <sighs> this after school special. Okay, let's get through here. <laughs> What you got? You got stuff there, Jordan, or you want me to read? I can, unless you want to. Uh, so she was on a couple TV episodes in the 70s. Really, the breakout, obviously, 1978, Halloween. As Laurie Strode, John Carpenter's horror film. We have three new cheers to learn in the morning. The game is in the afternoon. I have to get my hair done at 5, and the dance is at 8. I'll be totally wiped out. I don't think you have enough to do tomorrow. Totally. As usual, I have nothing to do. It's your own fault, and I don't feel a bit sorry for you. Hey, Linda, Lori, why didn't you wait for me? We did. 15 minutes. You totally never showed. That's not true. Here I am. What's wrong, Annie? You're not smiling. I'm never smiling again. Paul dragged me into the boys' locker room. Exploring uncharted territory. Totally charted. Just talk. (laughs) Sure, sure. Old Jerko got caught throwing eggs and soaping windows. His parents grounded him. He can't come over to her. I thought you were babysitting to me. The only reason she babysits is to have a place to... shit. I have a place for that. I forgot my chemistry book. So who cares? I always forget my chemistry book and my math book and my English book and my, let's see, my French book. And, well, who needs books anyway? I don't need books. I always forget all of my books. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you have your books or not. Hey, isn't that Devon Graham? I don't think so. I think he's cute. And then in 1980, she was in three horror movies, The Fog prom night and terror train that kind of cemented her status as the go-to horror actress all in the same year Hmm. uh after that a couple of halloween sequels and then uh stretched her town a little bit 1983 trading places in comedy Yeah. yeah she was a hooker ophelia ophelia yeah, this is um, this is where I was introduced to her. That was a well, that's a hell of a way to get introduced. <laughs> that was a movie that was on a lot, and uh, you know had big stars of the eighties and and Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy and uh, yeah yeah that this is this is when you say Jamie Lee Curtis this is the first thing I think of. So let me get this straight. I'm going to give you 20 for the cab, and you're going to give me 50 when we get to your house? That is correct. My butler, Coleman, will give you $50, drive you anywhere in the city you wish to go. You don't exactly look like the type that has a butler. You know, if you're hustling me. Hustling you? Hustling you? You don't think they give these to just anyone, do you? I can charge goods and services in over 86 countries around the world yeah well i don't take credit cards (laughs) i bet (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Jamie Lee. Uh, so several roles in the 80s. I'm not uh, not ringing any bells. Not till 1988. A fish called Wanda. She was Wanda. I I remember that's a that was a favorite of ours in the back then. Like Kevin Klein yeah. and her were, were great in it. It's good stuff. Next one, nineteen ninety, Blue Steel. Mm. Now, wasn't this like her first like lead as a action star or something? Like, yeah, up to now it was all horrors and comedies. This this seems like a a, a different. This was a turn. It was a pivot. Uh, nineteen ninety one, My Girl. Yeah, uh, My Girl one and two. 94 she he, she was in the set in the sequel uh played Shelly uh Shelly Devado in the first one Shelly Sultan Oh no this is your pick in the second one <laughs> We found Cliff back <laughs> No I, I He knows way too much about this <laughs> <laughs> No I I do like I do like both those movies um especially especially the first one um you know that was I think I was the the target audience uh, age group for that movie when it came out. And, uh, you know, this was a big comeback for her. Um, Again, paired up with Dan Aykroyd. But, um, but it was a, you know, I would say it was one of her meteor roles as far as up to this point. Minus the, the horror stuff. Next on the list not ring about 56 episodes of a sitcom for four years anything but love yeah co-starring with richard lewis frankly i don't care if you hang in a closet like a vampire bat at the moment i just want to freshen up and get something to eat and hope that by this time tomorrow i haven't run screaming into the countryside fine fine i assume when you say freshen up you mean uh, use the, the bathroom Ooh, you cracked the code. So where is this uh, bathroom? Okay, first of all, the shower is also the toilet. Just like my health club. <laughs> and remember, if we pass through a station, you're not allowed to flush. Why not? Oh. The workers of the Chicago Magazine with a mutual romantic attraction. I forgot I about that. that. I watched that show. I don't know that one. I really, yeah, yeah I, I definitely remember that show. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I watched it that often, but I definitely remember it. I'd forgotten about that. Nineteen ninety-two, Mel Gibson and Forever Young. My Girl Two in nineteen ninety-four. Also nineteen ninety-four, True Lies. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a, a lot of favorites out there. That was that was a biggie. Jamie is entertaining the world this summer playing Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife in True Lies. She plays kind of a reluctant Mrs. James Bond, but her name is Tasker, Helen Tasker. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. It's a big action picture, but it's a lot more than that. It's got a lot of comedy. It's got a little heart. It's got a good little story throughout it so that when you leave the theater, 
you aren't just sort of overwhelmed by the sort of action sequences, but that you feel empty inside because you haven't really had some sort of substance of a story. There's a story. There's retribution. There's, you know, communion between the two characters at the end. All of the main characters kind of really have a perfect little ending together. All of the main characters in the movie come back at the end. So you really leave the theater with a, a great feeling. Mr. Tusker's office. Hi, it's Helen. Is he in? Big action, action film. <clears throat> that she played in, uh, played uh, Arnold's wife. He's a secret, what was he, a CIA agent, agent or a FBI agent? Mm. or Sounds right, yeah. Partnered with Tom Arnold. Um, yeah. And uh, she got gets... some Got some Bill Paxton in there. Yes. As a, he's like a car, uh, car salesman. Yeah. Scamming her, trying to. Yeah, he's pretending. Yeah, yeah, he's pretending to be uh, yeah. an agent or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. directed by James Cameron. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is about the time her career loses focus. Yeah, that's when <laughs> uh, she started getting constipated. <laughs> House arrest, fierce creatures. Which Halloween is like the H2O. same cast. Yeah, Fierce Creatures is like the same cast of uh, Fish Called Wanda, I think. Ah, okay. It's like a sequel-ish thing. Virus in 1999, sci-fi movie. Drowning Mona, The Tailor of Panama, Halloween Resurrection. So then 2003, I think she hits another gear with Freaky Friday. She comes into sort of the family comedy era of her career. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was the 2000s? Everybody was in the family right. comedy <laughs> era of their yeah. careers in the 2000s. And, and this was a remake. That was a. It was a remake. Um, oh this, yeah, hell yeah! Uh, the classic <laughs> Disney. Yes. Movie. Yeah, Haley Mills. Yeah. I believe was in the in the original. Mm, but uh, no, what? What is that right? Wasn't was Haley Mills? No, I think you're thinking of Parent Traps. That's the same movie. <laughs> Wasn't it Jodie Foster? And... It was Jodie Foster. You're Jody right. Foster. Yes. And the Barbara and what Harris. was the girl? Yes. Barbara Harris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it was Jodie Foster. That's right. But yeah, so this time around, it's uh, she plays the mom, and uh, and, and uh, Lindsay Lohan plays her daughter, and they switch places. hair it's gone and wh- what is this what have you done to my mom ear? it's an earring take it out take it out right now no it looks cool oh, don't start with me and those clothes are going back first thing tomorrow why everyone likes them you look great i look like stevie nicks who's he Ugh. and what are you doing with this i'm eating you cannot eat fast food why not because it will go down your throat and drop instantly to my thighs oh come on watch the road Oh, this food may make you blow up like a balloon, but it will do nothing whatsoever to me. Oh, Mom! Oh, Oh, God, this is good. Mom, that's not fair. My first french fry in eight years. I can hear the hallelujah chorus. Yeah, I really like this movie. Um, yeah, I can still hear that trailer. Oh. I'm old, like that. Yeah. That's 
anytime I see that poster or that or or even mention of that movie, I can hear her screaming, "I'm old!" from the trailer. Yeah, the the interesting fact I know about uh, her in that role in that in this particular movie was she wasn't supposed to be in it. They had somebody else famous cast for that part that had dropped out, and then she um, took the part like two weeks before they started filming. And I believe she she actually like learned some of the guitar parts in that two weeks. Like she she does an amazing job. It's a uh, um, you know it, it it's a very popular film for for people that grew up, you know that were probably in that in that tween to teen um, age group at that time. So and, and it's one of those movies that's been replayed a million times on Disney Channel and. And other movie channels and ABC and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, for me. It's probably a contender. Uh, according to IMDb's trivia, it was Annette Benning originally slated to play, but she backed out shortly before filming. Gotcha. She plays Tess Coleman. <laughs> That's the character's name. <laughs> But she, yeah, she's a psychiatrist. Her, the mom is a psychiatrist, I believe, or or something. And 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 uh, she's probably plays a a bigger role than even than Lindsay Lohan, who was you know supposed to be the star of the movie. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's part is probably a little bit you know more maybe more screen time than than Lohan was. Okay, so two thousand four, the next year, Christmas with the Cranks which has become a holiday, you know, annual thing that's aired on cable yep. all December. My wife loves that movie. We watch it every year at Christmas, probably several times. Tim Allen plays her husband. They have to, they decide for the first time ever, they're not going to have their Halloween party because their daughter is, I forget, in college maybe, or uh, she's off somewhere being grown up and they, they're going to go on, on a, uh, a cruise vacation. And then at the last minute, the daughter decide, calls and decides she's coming home and for the big party, and then they have to rush and and uh, get ready for the party at the very last minute for Christmas. Yes, That's, so we for don't Christmas. get any cards or letters. You said Halloween with the cranks. But... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mashup I want to see. Yeah, Michael yeah. Myers shows up at the crank house. <laughs> Um, let's see. What else? Spare parts. 2015. Uh, and that she was cast in the TV series Scream Queens. Kind of the kitschy uh, horror show about the Scream Queen. Uh, she was Jess's mom in New Girl. Six episodes. And then came the new trilogy, Halloween 2018, which I believe just ignored all the previous sequels and spinoffs hmm. and just went back to the original continuity. So Halloween, Halloween Kills, and just opened a couple weeks ago, Halloween Ends. And in between all those, we got 2019's Knives Out. Excellent, excellent movie. And 2022's Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then we're up to this year. Still making quality films for our enjoyment. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Lee Curtis. 
for a lot of Halloween. That's Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think? That's tough. It's tough. I mean, uh, obviously Halloween is her thing. You know, she's played that character for I saw it was five decades. She made a Halloween was in the seventies. Halloween, one of the sequels in the eighties. She's made a Halloween movie <laughs> five decades mm. uh, for five decades. So that's hard to, to take that away from her as her defining role. But I'm not a huge fan. I've seen the original. I don't know that I've seen any of the sequels. I'm just it's not yeah. my I'm not a horror. I'm not a horror guy. Me either. Well, I will say there's one thing we missed. And Seth is right. Um, It was listed on, I believe, on IMBD. uh, But. (laughs) Close. You've almost. IMDB. (laughs) Uh, But. uh, Let me scroll down to the 80s because I'm sure it's something from the 80s. It's not. It's from 1996. Oh, wow. And uh, this was a very popular thing for my family um, a few years back. It, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Ellen's Energy Adventure from Epcot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say House Arrest. No, no, not House Arrest. Kevin Pollack. That was 96. Ellen's Energy Adventure, 1996. This was in the second version of, of that attraction. Oh, Lord. Uncredited. It says uncredited. No way. premise of it was it starts in the pre-show ellen's in her 1996 um sitcom apartment and she falls asleep and uh she has the she starts dreaming about her childhood bully um her name was judy and judy was always smarter than ellen and they're 
they're on an episode of Jeopardy, and it's got Alex Trebek, and it co-stars Bill Nye, the science guy, and um, Ellen can't answer anything, so Bill Nye takes Ellen on an energy adventure to educate her all about the different types of energy, and throughout the whole thing, her nemesis is uh, is is Stupid Judy, that uh, is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And it's a 45-minute adventure um, film slash ride. And uh, my kids absolutely loved it. And we miss it every trip. We're getting ready to go again. And uh, every year when we walk by there, and it's the, the, the pavilion is now Guardians of the Galaxy, but it'll always be just stupid Judy to us. And we love Ellen's energy adventure. Wow. Okay. One job. We got Jordan. <laughs> I ain't got nothing after that. <laughs> Ran from 96 to 28, 2017. So, I mean, I wouldn't discredit it. It ran every day, multiple times a day. And uh, for all those those years and millions and millions of uh, park goers got to experience it, and uh, we love it. You think I'm putting stupid Judy in the annals of history? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I narrowed it down to a few. Um, There's nothing that really stood out to me. I love Knives Out, but... It's very much an ensemble. It's hard to pick her as the, the you know, the, the, the main one there. Same. I think I've only seen Fish Called Wanda maybe one time. I don't have a great memory of it. So I, I it she's not the star. Yeah, it would be hard for me to, to call that one as well, even though she is Wanda. Um, the one I've seen the most is probably <laughs> True True Lies. That's a very iconic role to me. I, I, you know, that that evening dress she wears, you know, hanging from the helicopter and all the the action scenes and stuff, just excellent role. So it's probably the, between that and Trading Places for me. Well, I did have a instant when you messaged us, a uh, instant reaction. Absolutely my favorite role of hers is, I mean, one, it's like, it didn't make my top 100, but it could have, it was, uh, it, it was, it's not that. <laughs> no. no, she was great. Everything everywhere. All at once she was great in that this year, but it's a bit role too. It's not like I would say that was, you know, it's not 18 years of riding around with Bill Nye, a science guy. Um, what is? Yeah. Could Bill Nye cure her hot dog fingers? Yeah. Oh. Um, no, it's uh, being my top two hundred for sure. True Lies. Uh, I freaking love that movie. I love it. It's so good. Uh, James Cameron should do uh, something else like that. You know, because he killed it. That cast is incredible. That's probably my favorite. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the other well, t- Terminator Two, but that this he's so good in that. They are great together in that, and Tom Arnold and Bill Paxton. They're also, I mean, what a, they just all crush it in that movie. But she plays 
that nerdy housewife that you know big glasses and like a business suit type thing and just is so clumsy something like jamie Lee curtis has never been and she pulls it off so well in that movie and then you know her husband's a secret agent and she kind of she figures that out and, and is getting sucked into all of this and she just she has she goes to play up you know, leans into, you know, her having to be a spy and that homely housewife happened to play sexy when she is a freaking knockout built like a brick shit house. You know, that hotel room scene where he's sitting there in the dark, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is and she he may has her dance for him and stuff. And she gets the water out of the face and slicks her hair back and it then like trips and you know is still like being clumsy and stuff is just one of the great scenes i mean it's just incredible what she does in that scene and just so many great jokes in that movie that are delivered great by both of them uh i remember what what he gets um he gets truth serum or something mm. and, and, and they're like uh are, are we she get, are we gonna die he's like yep <laughs> and she's like well i think it's working <laughs> you know just just so so much good stuff like like you said that act you know the action for the time was some of the best action we were seeing the uh, the the jets and the mm-hmm. uh, all the rpgs yeah, and everything when you think about it that's all action movies today are also funny like that's that's yeah. the, become the thing you have yeah. to have the funny guy and the joker yeah. i don't know you know the '80s action movies were not that. So this this early '90s, this feels like maybe a a turn yeah. in that direction. Something something novel. This probably so was funny the first one that was and really such like good that. action. Yeah, yeah it, be- it became everything after that became like that. You had the it was like bulletproof, and you know that think you know they started leaning that way. The diehards got some of that got funny and that i don't know i i freaking love that movie to death that's definitely my my answer for her yeah i like that movie too um my only issue with it tonight was i didn't remember i remember her having how do i want to say it i guess she wasn't the star i mean she kind of was the star of the movie but i mean it's she it's not like she's it was kind of no bit part she's in almost no it's no bit it's, of it. it's not a bit part but it, it was certainly not i i guess people went to go see that movie because they thought they were going to see something else they went for arnold they went I, I you know that type of thing. i don't know i don't remember but, the previews but it i it was as much about her as anybody else in that movie like it you know she was a lead the only other ones i would I would say, you know, like I, I do think there is something for with Freaky Friday also. Um, just she's really good in that. You know, she's just playing that mom character again, um, and dealing with you know teenage problems or whatever, and then uh, you know, in a one-on-one, so it, it was done well enough for me. Um, that movie that it, it, I think it holds up. It's fun. It's got some music numbers in there. Like I said, her playing the guitar 
and uh and and you know she's no slouch in, in certainly in that movie the only other thing is um something that hasn't come out yet and she is playing I'll just say she is playing Madame Leota in the new Haunted Mansion movie also it's going to come out scheduled for next year so that could be something special there too we'll wait we will revisit until then. We'll revisit right. this yeah. we need to update <laughs> this if we find out later that that trumped all this other stuff so it doesn't sound like cliff's going to change his pick to trading places and try to win me over that way so. uh, you know i don't i don't know that I, I have like she's perfectly you know she's got that scene there's a just, very famous scene right. in that yeah she, she, <laughs> there's but uh uh i don't know that the part maybe was big enough um, where where she you're just gonna keep talking <laughs> yourself and I said part not parts, um, but uh, I don't know that she was a bigger star than than Aykroyd or or certainly Eddie Murphy at that time. But she, well, I'm I'm more than comfortable going with True Lies. That that would be a, a fine pick for this. Again, Halloween invented a genre. We we understand, folks. If you were angry that we wouldn't pick halloween just know that it's just not our genre it invented the slasher genre of that whole era she is the prototypical 80s scream queen but uh we we're, we're gonna go with the 1994's true lies so so in the annals of history on her jamie lee Curtis tombstone it's gonna say helen tasker True lies. Are you sure you weren't followed? No, I mean, I kept looking behind me like you taught me, but I didn't see anyone. Okay, it's just things are a bit hot right now. If I get a signal, I may have to leave suddenly. I understand. Look, it's my job to take risks, but not yours. I feel bad about bringing you into all this, but you're the only one I can trust. Were you out on a mission? We say a uh, covert operation, and this one will. got a little rough. Worse than Cairo? Cairo. Cairo is a day at the beach next to this. The guy's a spook. With whom? He could be working her to get to you. Did you read the papers yesterday? Yes. Sometimes a story is a mass for covert operation. See two men killed in a restroom and two unidentified men in a running shootout ending at the Marriott. That was you. You see, you're very good. You recognize my style. <laughs> you're a natural at this. And the guy's a fake man. He's taking credit for our moves. What happened? Hardly worth talking about. Two of them won't bother me again. Unbelievable. You chased one. Something came over me. I just had to nail this guy, no matter what the risk. Pretty hairy. I thought he had me a couple of times, but I I really can't take credit. Well, why not? It's the training. It shapes you into a lethal instrument. You react in a microsecond without thinking. <laughs> I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> oh, we still got to kill him. I mean, that's a given. Happy Halloween, everyone. Go watch True Lies. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> From your friends at KPP. What do they say? They say uh, that should you kill people? You should ask him. He's, he's like, yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> Eat some yogurt. Watch some true lies. Yeah, just sit back. And get things moving. <laughs> what else we got for tonight? Comics. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> I haven't talked to comics in a while. Seth, you were antsy to talk comics. What do you got? You want to talk more about uh, the Bloodstone mm, store? Yes. We need a sequel to the Bloodstone Hunt. I was thinking while you were talking in that last episode, yeah, yeah, I think Zemo was trying to use the Bloodstone's power to raise helmets. Zemo, that mm. was the that was the deal. Uh, okay, and I don't remember what happened. They fought some sharks or something. Um. Bat, I remember Batrock was like helping Cap, and all the other bad guys were getting mad because he was like trying to help Cap. I don't remember why he was trying to help. Now I've been reading some Captain America. There's like a couple series going on out now, and there's it's split into well, what I think the last there was Tanahisi Coates had that series. I don't even know how many issues it went, like maybe twenty issues or something like that. It was fine. I mean, it's been a long time since I was really loved what was going on in Cap. After that, they did the United States of Cap, um, where, you know, travel in the United States. I feel like they've done that a bunch of times, too, where he goes across the United States. Only This time, there was like a bunch of different people taking on the role of Captain America, you know, Native Americans, and um, LGBTQ, different different walks of life doing being heroic in a cap costume of some sort. And it was fine. It was a, I think it was just five issues. And then uh, they got a new editor. I can't think, I don't know her name, but, uh, but the uh, Tom Brevort, is that how you say his name? Brevort or something like that. He, he'd been, he's been like the longest running cap editors since stan lee and he finally stopped and let this assistant editor to get her first shot as a as a well a real title and you know they've got the couple writers this team these two guys that always write together again don't know their names but they, <laughs> I probably should look that stuff up before this. But anyway, these uh, these two guys, Lansing, and yeah, Lansing, and something, something, Col- Colin, something, and I don't know, Jackson, somebody, Jackson, Jackson Lansing is one, and Colin, somebody, I don't know. Anyway, they, uh, they write together. They're like, you know, a team. They've been writing together for like a decade or something. But they, um, they're writing the. The Steve Jackson, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Okay. They're writing the Steve series, which is Sentinel of Truth. 
AKA white cap, white cap. Yes. And Sentinel of Liberty. Well, Sentinel of Liberty. Yes. Sentinel of Liberty is white cap. That's, uh, which there was a Sentinel of Liberty series before. So this is like volume two of that. And then, uh, symbol of truth is black cap sam wilson right and that's how i wrote it down in your pull list thanks so you fight you put you put seth finally came in and said go ahead and give me the black cap no because first you just wanted like of liberty so i just wrote white cap (laughs) (laughs) and then you add the other ones i say and black cap yeah all caps like look you're all you're all caps Give me the cookie of caps. You got your caps lock on. Yes. So anyway, there's been like five issues each of those six, six of one of them, I think half a dozen the other. Um. Anyway, I yeah, I've liked this so the best. You know, I, I was liking white cap so much that when I heard there was going to be a crossover coming up, I was like, well, I'll go back and get the symbol of truth stuff with Sam, and it's really good. Also, it's not. I mean. <clears throat> it's not blowing me away or anything, but it, I am enjoying it. It's got some crossbones and some, you know, that new Falcon character that had shown up in the last series and there's a lot of Wakanda stuff going on. But then, but in the main, in the, uh, which it's, that's where they're using, do it, you know, anyone interested in legacy numbering, which I am, I, uh, they do that now. They all, they at least for the at least they do on cap they put what legacy numbering it is 700 and whatever um that just is strictly to do with the sam wilson cap series the other one is not part of legacy the steve rogers one is not which you know whatever but they uh in this series they're this they're I love like I, we were talking Quantum Leap before, where where they're going back and tying to the old series. I love when they can dig up something out of the past and make it work for now. Make it feel, you know, give it some, I guess, some false gravitas by retconning something to, you know, feel like you were there for the earlier parts. And it's something to do with his shield. You know, there's something hidden in his some message to do with his shield and what what's been going on this whole time that we never knew type thing nothing will ever be the same right right but it's interesting and they start they uh they i realized a few issues in that they there was a a cipher there was like a string of letters you know at the end on on the last page of the one of the comics so i went back to the first issue and was looking at it's in each issue uh, there's like these you know it's say you had to develop the cipher going off of you know what the clues were and i still don't have the whole alphabet filled out they haven't used several of the letters but uh they it's like giving you clues supposedly telling you you know just something fun to do and then in the fourth issue i think the cover is a full-on charlie day bulletin board with yarn wall and shape of the star on the shield and there's like i realize there's like six different 
puzzles for the cipher on there and so there's probably there's like oh like a good dozen things i had to solve and it was fun but nobody i keep thinking somebody's gonna send me a piece of gum that i won for doing all this and no one will do it no one will send me you gotta remember their names first then they'll find you yeah anyway it's it's been a good time but i but I was thinking about, I just freaking love this character. And uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up because sometimes people write, you know, write him up more, lean into some of this stuff and how he like does the right thing so much. And I was thinking, you know, think, of course we did our heroes list. You know, this was my number one guy, Steve Rogers, you know, I, and I like a couple of things this, these guys have done, uh, just having him, they've moved him back into where he grew up and, you know, and he's got an apartment. It feels very back in the day, like Dave Mateus and Zek, you know, where he was just an artist. And so they've got him being an artist again in this series and just walking around town like he used to when I started reading this. And, you know, when I, I freaking fell in love with that character because of his virtue and gravitas how he there was all these heroes but he was the hero's hero like they everyone looked up to him i just saw an article today new york comic-con a couple weeks ago had a panel and it was like all the 80s marvel bullpen people basically coming together to pay tribute to mark grunwald oh yeah and like telling stories about the crazy marvel bullpen and people roller skating down the hallways and all this stuff but basically it was just talking about what a good guy Grunwald was and yeah. how he, he kept everything, you know, <laughs> kept everything straight. And his wife, uh, there was a quote here. I was married to the real life Captain America. So it was talking yeah. about, you know, Grunwald's own gravitas and, and morality, like just bled into that character for that whole, for that yeah. whole era of Marvel in the eighties. hundred percent. Yeah. I love his run. Him and Dwyer, I think, was the main artist. Um, so good. Anyway, I just, there was like a, uh, there, there's one of the things with this star on the shield is supposed to say, there's like uh, these, this subgroup is like the outer circle and they've been controlling things forever. They got, you know, the points of the star are these five uh, people that have been used to, change history by getting rid of people at opportune mo- moments of course one of them is winter soldier and and one of the other ones was chasing cap down following him in in a recent issue and cap is going around town talking to these people you know he talks to this kid who's been getting bullied who like you know learned to fight and he wants to go beat somebody up and he's like i'm gonna go be-. and cap's like tell talking to him like you know you know you don't don't feel like you need to do that you know, just because you can and you can make your own decisions type thing. And and he talks to other people throughout the day. But at the end of the day, he like goes into a dark alley and starts talking and says, I know you've been following me all day. And it's one of these it's this guy, one of the points of the star that's supposed to come kill him. And he, he's like, but you didn't attack me when I was out around people. So I know you're not you didn't want to hurt any innocent people. And he's like, and you realize that all the stuff he was, all the advice he was giving to people through the issue, he was talking to this guy that he knew was following him. It was just a real clever Mm. way to write that. And I, I mean, that's, 
that just that just gives me that tingly feeling with Cap. I just love that 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 I just love it. I, I think about all these other heroes that have all these flaws, that's and your Steve, that's your Stevie tingle. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love a flawed character. I like all, all that that stuff too. But it's nice to have a character that, and and the beauty is, it's a fictional character, so nobody's going to throw in your face that they used to say this or now they say this. It's like this guy's always, you know, they've always written him on the he's not the poster child for the government he's the he, he's the other guy in civil war he's, he's against he, he's he's speaking truth to power and all that stuff and i just i love that stuff i was thinking about that that quote that we always see and we've mentioned before how much we love you know where during civil war you know and jms wrote it or i'm sure what you know just the playing yourself like a tree and the by the river of truth and stand your ground. And I, I, it's always been one of my favorite quotes, but I, I lost some love for it in the last few years when I've seen it used so shittily by people like, Oh, this means that I can, I can plant my say, no, you move. I, you know, and it's just the total wrong situation. It's used by the wrong people. And I was, I, but I've kind of fell back in love with it when I was considering it this week thinking about how he he doesn't go around saying that in all the comics he he says it in that comic and he he doesn't say it to those he would never say it to those people that use it he you know use it in that way he doesn't say it to he doesn't say it to dr doom who thinks he's right about everything and would totally say yes i i you know you move i am doom you know it's (laughs) he, he says it to somebody privately who he has faith in to do the right thing, to give this advice to Spider-Man. And it's like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm back in on this quote, you know, I'm back in on that. And so anyway, I'm liking the new series. Good, good. <laughs> and I love Captain America. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, as you were talking about that, and I was kind of surfing Twitter there for a minute. And um, I come across this this new Jamie Lee Curtis uh, tweet she put out, which, which honestly, when you mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis a few days ago, I thought that's why we were doing uh, her one job. But uh, she tweeted out uh, uh, just today. By the way, I'm not looking forward to cancel anyone. I'm looking to oppose anti-Semitism, white supremacy, fascism, transphobia and other oppressive regimes and ideologies where the sole intent is the silencing, obliteration, and annihilation of others. Kind of on the same page here. Yeah. You, uh, we, you tell him, Jimmy Lee. That's right. Miss Lee Curtis. <laughs> Miss Lee Curtis, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I dug up some other comic book news since we were on the subject, so buckle in, everybody. Who wants to hear more comic book stuff? <clears throat> Me. All right, Dark Horse is leaving Diamond. This is the fourth company now after DC, Marvel, and IDW have all left Diamond in the last couple of years. Dark Horse is the fourth one. So I found out about this the same way I found out about the last one. I opened my email with the subject, Dark Horse Comics Announcement, a message from Steve Jeppe, who is the head of Diamond. So I thought, uh-oh. My, my I thought, uh-oh, something... Something's going down if Steve is emailing me. (laughs) 
So uh, it's going to start move to Penguin exclusively starting in June 2023. It will, re- just like Marvel did, it will remain a wholesaler. So if you just want to stay with Diamond and order through them, you can wholesale your books through them, which means you'll pay more, but uh, you, know, you can keep having Diamond as your middleman. So the email again had this tone that I don't know that it earns. Quote, rest assured, Diamond remains your key source for Dark Horse Comics. It is important to note that while Dark Horse is an established name in the industry, the expected impact of this change to Diamond's Dark Horse direct market sales represents only approximately 1% of Diamond's top-line sales. Diamond is so much more than just comic book distribution, and we're proud of our consistent focus on the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so it's basically like, it's nothing to worry about, guys. Another huge company is leaving, but hey, we got this. We got this. Right. So stay tuned. <laughs> As the ship oh. continues to take on water. Mm. So we were all kind of worried about Dark Horse a couple of years ago because they had lost all the Fox licenses. They lost Buffy. They lost Alien, Predator. They lost the Star Wars license. So like Dark Horse was not in great shape. But in the last couple months, they've kind of they're building back up. Um Stan Sakai announced he's bringing Usagi Yojimbo back to Dark Horse. Same with Eric Powell and the Goon. They both went off and they're coming back and they're having their own like imprints so they can still publish what they want, but just through Dark Horse now. They, Brian Michael Bendis is doing new stuff there. Kevin Smith's got a couple books coming out from there. And they still, they extended, they had a first look deal with Netflix and they just extended that. So, you know, like the Umbrella Academy and some mm. of these other things that have been big hits on Netflix. So Dark Horse was not in great shape, but it, I feel like it's uh, it's coming back around. It's, it was just good. That's It's a great company that's been around for decades that, you know, should still be putting out exciting new books. And also in 2023, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Invincible. Uh, which uh, should be getting some new episodes of yeah, the I mean, animated I feel series. Like it, I feel like it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. What are we? I was thinking about that a couple days ago. Somebody said if you, I saw something on Twitter where they were asking what if you had a, rings of power money, what what series would you, what series or movie would you have made? I'd kind of narrowed it down to two or three. I'd like to see a proper Dark Tower and such. But I think I said a saga animated series because. You know, I I really loved how good this uh, Invincible series has looked and stuff. But then I thought, man, why am I not watching a season two of that? Where is where's it at? Yeah, it's yeah been a definitely. While. So celebrating the 20th anniversary, they're they're doing some new printings of the old comics, uh, like a new hardcover omnibus format. They're doing some new merchandise, shirts, toys, that kind of stuff. But the thing I had to take note of, uh, Kirkman announced. If you remember, they did the Walking Dead Deluxe Edition that was a color version. Yes. So he announced they're reprinting number one as an undeluxe version in black and white. (laughs) 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 So it's not the whole series. It's just one issue, but they're going to do the same thing. Cutting room floor. Like uh, he he does like a, a script commentary, letters column. So like it'll just be a single issue, just kind of a 20th anniversary thing. But they're doing it in black and white. I thought, Mark Kirkman is like the king right now of these these gimmicks. I love. Are they still doing the that color Walking Dead? Yes, it just hit issue forty eight. So like basically the 
Holy, how often are they coming out? Twice a month. Jeez. I don't waste any time. Alrighty, the other news I have. All right, this was uh, controversial, guys. Superman, Son of Kal-El is ending at number 18 and relaunching as Adventures of Superman. Hmm. Right? So why is that news, you might ask? Uh, why is that news, Jordan? Who cares? What? What? Why do I care? Who cares? Imagine if I had made that headline, Gay Superman Cancelled. Oh, then you'd have a headline that people want to click on. I think I saw that. that headline. I'm... I'm... <laughs> So, yes, uh, John Kent, son of Superman and Lois, has had his own book for 18 issues. He was revealed as bisexual young man, has had a relationship with a, another male character for a while, made a lot of news stories, got a lot of people frothy. Uh, but the storyline was Kal-El is off the planet. He's on War World having fights with Mongol. So... John is Superman right now in DC continuity. So now Kal-El is coming back. We're having this storyline return of Kal-El. Okay. So that, that book's done. We're, he's not, you know, we're going on to a different chapter. So it's called Adventures of Superman. John Kent or something. Yeah. It has, mm-hmm. a, has, a, has a, a subtitle. I forget what it is, but that's how comics work. They relaunch all the time. But when they, when they said it was canceled, Several blogs and online entities like, see, see you guys, go woke, go broke, that whole thing. <laughs> and it became a, you know, you know, look how, look how terrible this idea was, you know, it became everything you think it was. So, yeah. Lovely. Well, one thing DC does right are their animated movies, and I'm pretty sure there's a new... Um, Super Sons animated movie headed to HBO Max, I believe. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the couple of people off a critical role doing the voices of Clark and <clears throat> Lois. Mm, okay, it's uh, they're they're the one of the married couples that you know playing mm-hmm. some of the characters on that D and D show. Yeah, Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham. But he, this, he's he's done Superman's voice before, and she does everybody's voice all the time. She's great. This will be a uh, Jonathan Kent and uh, Damian Wayne movie, though, right? I mean, oh, that's Super oh. Sons, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. So don't click on clickbait and get into arguments, and <laughs> just be better, folks. Be best. I've heard that somewhere. Um, so we had big issue drop this week. Last yeah, I was just but fa- now I was just picturing your uh, your Joker hoodie. You should or not Joker the the it it Pennywise movie. Yeah. yeah Pennywise hoodie. You should have had spray paint on the back. I don't even care <laughs> or whatever it is to you. that would have been amazing Uh, sorry i yeah i i had a never mind all right Uh, (laughs) hey uh yeah so big issue this week um 
Flashpoint Beyond has been going. It's a six-issue miniseries. And it's kind of weird. It's a sequel to Flashpoint, which was a big story in DC continuity. Barry Allen goes back to try to save his mom, messes up continuity. We get Thomas Wayne, the father, as Batman. We get Atlanteans fighting Themyscarans. Like, it became a huge deal. It was another animated film. It was uh, adapted in the CW verse. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 had a big footprint for a fairly recent story. So they do a sequel, Flashpoint Beyond, and they do it at the exact same time they do Dark Crisis, which is another big multiverse spanning, history changing thing. So it it, it was always kind of in that shadow. So I didn't quite get why they would do both those stories at the same time, but it has ended up having a pretty big impact already. So. They hint at the 13 is a thing you might hear in a, a, coming up and even more Watchmen in the DC universe. All right. So this one issue kind of brought all this back. They're trying to fix the flashpoint problem again. And it involves Rip Hunter and the time masters. Of course and, it does. I was just course. getting ready to say, what, yeah. what point does booster gold come in to save the universe again? <laughs> no booster. Yeah. Just, just rip it. It's point. coming. But, so this is all Jeff Johns masterminding all this stuff basically trying to lead into the justice society we've we've been talking about a jsa book for a long time and he's finally working his way in there but so we've had a reference to the 13 have been quote pulled back into history it's rebuilding around them so we get at the end of this book spoilers for flashpoint beyond um so yeah reality there's all kind of problems Rip Hunter and the Time Masters, we learn, have been keeping an eye on 13 characters who never existed because they were removed from continuity. So now history after Flashpoint has solidified and they can be they can be put back, basically. So these 13 characters are coming and history is retconning around them. So we're going to get a bunch of new Golden Age characters that have now always existed. <laughs> And the way DC likes to do messing mm-hmm. up their history. So they had a page showing them all. We get Betsy Ross, Molly Pitcher. So these are obviously like 1940s patriotic type characters. Uh, Cherry Bomb, the Harlequin Son, John Henry Jr., Ladybug, Quiz Kid. Salem the Witch Girl, Judy Garrick, who is apparently the child of Jay Garrick, and then Golden Age versions of Mr. Miracle, Legionnaire, Aquaman, and Red Lantern. So those 13 characters are now all, they're in DC continuity and always have been and always will be. Man, I can't wait to get some quiz kid. (laughs) (laughs) with kid donnie smith um no so that's we're getting a a a one shot here pretty soon called the new golden age written by jeff john said this will introduce the current status of the jsa and the legion of superheroes and quote will unlock dc's epic and secret ridden history of heroism so yeah we got a whole bunch of new golden agey characters and a whole new lineup for the jsa a whole new mystery to unfurl. And then if that's not enough, the page after that, it's a nine panel grid. It looks like 
it looks like Watchmen art. There's a bottle of nostalgia perfume laying on the ground. Oh no, we're going back to Watchmen. So they hint at a new character named Nostalgia. A 16-year-old girl named Cleopatra Pack. And she's dressed in purple and gold like like Adrian Veet, Veit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got Bubastis by her side, the 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 mutant the you know yeah, canine the... creature. And she's using the intrinsic field generator, the thing that created Dr. Manhattan. And she's she's looking for, quote, the Watchman. M-A-N, the Watchman. Somebody she's calling the Watchman. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but again, it's a new character spinning out of Watchmen, kind of tying more into the DC world. So, yeah, look forward to that in the coming hmm. months. And in a related story, Alan Moore is definitely done with comics. <laughs> How many times? Yeah. How many he gave times? another interview last week to The Guardian. He's got a new collection of short stories coming out. And did an interview to promote this book. And of course, they always have to ask him about comics. He always has to be cranky about it. And then... 5,000 articles come out saying Alan Moore said this about comics and everybody <laughs> talks about it and shares it. It's the same story over and over and over. Ugh. But it made a little bit of stirred up the news just because he was a little bit more blatant. He told a story about uh, when uh, they were making the Watchmen TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? The uh, Lost Guy in uh, Star Trek. JJ, sent him, JJ oh. sent him a letter. Damon Little. And he was just basically like, leave me alone. <laughs> I will never, I will never, ever want to be involved with this. Please stop. So, yeah. So his quote was, I will always love and adore the comics medium, but the comics industry and all the stuff attached to it just became unbearable. I said around about 2011 that I thought it had serious and worrying implications for the future if millions of adults were queuing up to see Batman movies. Because that kind of infantilization, that urge towards simpler times and simpler realities, that can very often be a precursor to fascism. So that got people riled up saying, I like Batman movies, I'm not a fascist. So And to call him a snob and all kinds of stuff. So I don't know that we need to debate the, the merits of that, but that's his thought process. He thinks, you know, and he, he even said he's a little bit to blame for trying to make comics grow up that you know comics are for children and never needed to grow up and we should all grow up ourselves <laughs> and stop <laughs> enjoying all this crap because it's it's infantilizing a whole generation tough <laughs> i'd say that to your face alan moore he, he, he's still mad because i said i didn't like swamp thing that much <laughs> <laughs> And I just got a couple uh, recent recommendations for books. Um, DC's putting out Batman One Bad Day. These are a selection of 64-page one-shots in the tradition of the killing joke. So they are the same format, that, that thick paperback, glossy cover. Even the logo looks kind of like the killing joke. And it's doing what, what Killing Joke did for Joker, kind of a definitive story about him. They're doing one for all the rest of the Rogues Gallery. So we've had Riddler, we've had Two-Face, we've had Penguin. We're going to get a Catwoman, Rachel Ghoul, uh, uh, 
Mr. Freeze, you know, all, all the biggies are going to get these one shots, you know, just trying to be you know, the, the definitive epic story mm-hmm. about them. So those have been pretty cool. DC is also doing uh, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. This one was written by Bruce Campbell, star of the Evil Dead, for his first writing for comic books. It's a six-issue series set in Berlin in the 40s, where, of course, the the Nazis are making zombies. What else would they do? (laughs) Uh, Marvel has finally got Miracle Man back on track. We started Miracle Man, the Silver Age. So this was Neil Gaiman took over after Alan Moore left and did a series called The Golden Age, where it's Miracle Man uh, after he is... I don't know if anyone knows anything about this property whatsoever, but it was very early 80s superhero story. Alan Moore kind of took it to its logical conclusion that they save the world and basically turn into a utopia where there is no crime, there's no poverty, there's no hunger, there's no illness. They're they're gods, basically. So then comes Neil Gaiman. He has to write the next arc. So it's a very trippy, kind of futuristic look at superheroes. And so that was written in the 80s. So then they started the Silver Age, the second part of it. And they only got two issues done. And it was canceled and ended and never got finished. So uh, we have been waiting literally decades for the, the rest of the story. And they're finally coming back. Neil Gaiman and artist Mark Buckingham. Um, the artist is redrawing the pages he had already done and kind of updating the art a little bit. And they're finally concluding it. So we're going to get the second chapter of Gaiman's uh, story. Um, Marvel relaunched Spider-Man, the adjectiveless Spider-Man, uh, with Dan Slott and Mark Bagley. So they're bringing in the heavy hitters for a story called The End of the Spider-Verse. So this is saying the concluding chapter of all the Spider-Verse stuff. So they're getting the band back together. They're bringing in Spider-Ham and Spider-Gwen and Miles and everybody from around the Spider-Verse and a whole bunch of new characters. They just did a Another five-issue Edge of Spider-Verse series where they introduced 10 or 12 new Spider-Variants. So this is supposed to be the big finale to the whole saga and uh, wrap it all up. And finally, Marvel's big event this summer has been Axe Judgment Day. A-X-E, Avengers X-Men Eternals. Um, It is written by Kieran Gillen, art by Valerio Shiti. And it's a six-issue event. The idea is, so the X-Men have become immortal. Any of them that die can be reborn on Krakoa. And the Eternals don't like that because their mission is always to stamp out excess deviation. And what is more deviant than a mutant who never die? So in the middle are stuck the Avengers because they are allies with everybody on both sides and they don't want to fight. So it has not been good. It has not been a very good series. Um, it's, it's weird and trying to be very cosmic and heady and not great, but a, eventually a celestial gives the earth 24 hours basically to justify ourselves and justify us living. And it's going to judge us all individually and collectively. So that has given it some really good moments. The, The story as a whole is a huge mess, but there's been some really excellent pages and panels so the first judgment is actually captain america to, to bring this all back around 
and the thing we're gonna get a thumbs up or a thumbs down it's like who we're judging first steve rogers and everyone's like oh yes we got this <laughs> steve steve's gonna pass the test obviously and the celestial basically looks at them it's like you are the symbol of america you you have taken on this nation you know on your back and look around what is it what what is going <laughs> so he's basically like america is terrible right now what are you doing so he fails captain america so all the heroes are like, uh-oh, if Steve can't pass, none of, I don't know if any of us can pass the judgment. Yeah, that's, that's just been some cool moments. Um, Hawkeye, he gets 24 hours to prove himself, and basically he has to prove that he's more useful than a mailbox on the corner of the street. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun issue. It was uh, Mark Russell, more of a comedic writer. But it's basically right. like Hawkeye's like, yeah, of course I'm more useful than that mailbox. And then like he sees grandmas mailing cookies to their grandkids and like lovers connecting over years. He's like, oh no, maybe I'm not as good. So he has a whole existential crisis of whether he is more helpful to humanity than a mailbox. <laughs> uh, Matt Murdock has a moment, one of my favorites in this. Uh, the celestial appears as different things. So you know, so Matt sees basically Jesus on the cross. And he says, are you worthy? And Matt basically like, I know I'm not worthy. He's like, nope, you're not. He's like, I'm going to keep fighting anyway. I was like, yes, that's Matt. That's Daredevil. That's Matt Murdock. That's he knows he's a sinner and he's not up to snuff, but he's never going to stop fighting. Like, yes, that's one panel in this book. And it was amazing. So then they get to Dr. Doom and the Celestial says, I will pass you if you say Reed Richards is smarter than you. You will pass. And it said Doom laughs at him and walks away. So I guess he passes anyway. Like Doom wouldn't wouldn't stoop to this nonsense. He's like, I I'm worthy. I know I am. And he just he turns his back on him and walks away. Like, yep, there you go, Doom. <laughs> That's how you talk to a Celestial. So yeah, no, it's, you move. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so yeah, in a, in the midst of a very iffy story, there's been some amazing little moments that I've really loved. So I uh, maybe there'll be some great final issue that'll that'll pull it all back up, but. That's that's where I'm at on that one. And that's uh, that's all I got for comic books this time. Sounds good. Hmm. Do you read comic books anymore, Cliff? Yeah, not a lot. But yeah, I've actually got a uh <laughs> bought a trade there uh, just the other day. Not sure where I put it. But it was uh, uh, off of a guy at work. It was a reprint of an old uh, Ewoks Saturday morning <laughs> collection. <laughs> so it's been pretty good. It's cute. Your son just started a pull list there. He's getting the, the next week starting the Batman Gotham Knights. Yeah, he's really, exci- he's really excited about that. Is there going to be a code? And- it's a prequel, prequel yeah. to the video game, six issues, and each issue you get a download. Yeah, yeah. there you, you go. Get skin. I think the first one is like the Nightwing's weapons. Yeah. And there's a something to customize your Batmobile. Like there's yeah, there's a couple different digital codes you get with the book. So. Yeah, Jordan had told me he'd been down there. Uh, the I don't know a few weeks ago, and then he mentioned something about it the other day about geez you know comics aren't cheap and i'm like yeah no it's not like when dad was buying them for you all the time (laughs) we should buy two issues and resell the code 
That's true. Beanie Bear. Yeah. But he's excited about it. I'm glad, glad somebody is. He, uh, I ordered big. I didn't want to make that same Fortnite yeah, mistake. So I, I'm hoping there's a lot. And then I start seeing reviews for the games are not good. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so no. Let's hope a lot of people still buy the game. I don't even know what platform that's that game is coming out or if it's coming out on a bunch of them. But yeah, he's he, he has a uh, he's got a PlayStation 5 he's had for, you know, he got that pretty early on after they came out as soon as he could. And then I think he's got a switch and he came home with an Xbox the other day. So I, I uh, he's all in on the video games right now. Alrighty. Good stuff, everybody. Happy Halloween to you all out there. And we will be back at some point. Once cliff returns from the land what do you call it? The land of enchantment? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Make believe. The magic, the magic swamp. Castle. None of that. None of that. Um, <laughs> you're never, ruining never it. Golden, <laughs> the golden, the golden arches. Is that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting ready. Almost got a trip planned here. Going to head down to Florida and Walt Disney World for uh for a week, and um. Try and get away from it all. Try and relax a little bit before the Christmas season. And it's been uh, been a year since we've been there. So we are itching to go. I wish you luck. Everybody I know who's been, who stepped foot in Florida has had terrible luck this year. But about, you're I'm about break to change curse. that. You're going to yep. break the curse. Good luck with that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, hopefully we'll be we'll be back soon. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Uh, I'm sad. Bye forever. Stupid Judy, stupid energy. Kapow, the pop cultured podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.